Welcome back. Good to have you. Coming up, bottom of the hour, Brad Biggs of the uh, Chicago Tribune is going to be joining us about an hour from now. Andy Herman of the Packaday Podcast is going to be here. And in the final hour of the program, we're going to talk with Michael Cohen. And uh, Michael Cohen, he uh, now covers Michigan, covers the Michigan Wolverines for Fox. So we'll talk to him about uh, this uh, championship matchup coming up against Washington on Monday night. Loaded today, back at it again tomorrow as well as we close out the week. And hopefully uh, we are talking about a a Packers victory on Sunday. Do not forget that we are going to be alive. You're going to be looking live. We're going to be at Burkle's one block over uh, up in Green Bay. And uh, we're going to be up there on um, on Sunday. So come on by and say hi. And it, we're going to have a good time. It's, hopefully, we're talking about a Packers win going into the postseason. You'll know by that point in time who they're playing, where they're going to be going. Most likely Dallas, if indeed they win. Uh, so anyway, that uh, being said, we're uh, going to be excited to be heading over to Burkle's one block over. The old Champions Pub right behind uh, Stadium View. And uh, culminating our first year, our first year. Uh, there doing the Green and Gold postgame show. But hopefully you come over and you say hi. And really looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, did anything else, uh, other than the, the talk of the trenches, Grant, anything else catch your ear from Matt LaFleur in that last segment? I liked that he was asked about and that he talked about all of the wide receivers that started huddling up and meeting yes. a couple of weeks back. And that's something that Mike Clemens really hammered home when, when you talked to him last night. I think that's right. really interesting, and I think that shows – a lot of maturity, and I think it shows that it really matters to these young wide receivers that they get it right. Um, And I think that's probably why they improve so much, because remember, they didn't know which routes to run, they didn't know where to be or how to line up, and I I think it really mattered to them, and they really took pride in the job they were doing and fixing it. And I liked hearing Matt LaFleur talk about that. Yeah, uh, that was listening not only for him to talk about it but just to give you a little more detail as to what those guys are doing this is a group of guys and this is one of the things that you like when you draft quality guys that they're kind of taking it upon themselves like ownership of that offense and because Matt LaFleur was talking so much early on about communication errors and guys don't know where they're supposed to be and two guys running in the same area and and it, it wasn't the coaching staff that took him aside and said, hey, let's start to get this right. It was those guys in that locker room. And when you get young guys that start to do that, that I, I don't – I hate to say this, but they don't know any better. That's what they do. You know, the young guys want to make a name for themselves. They all want to be better. They all want to win. They all want to support uh, – you know, for those that were there last year that know what Jordan Love has kind of waited for, they want to support Love. You, you know, you got a guy like Aaron Jones very much in support of Jordan Love. You've got two new tight ends that are both really solid. They've both proven that they can catch the football. And, you know, certainly Tucker Craft can be a better blocker than a pass catcher, but his his pass catching capability has come on so much since Musgrave went down. But that whole group kind of taking it upon themselves to say, hey, we're going to fix this. Don't worry about, you know, coaching us up, so to speak. We'll fix this. And that they meet and they're critiquing and it's an open dialogue because there's some guys that their egos, man, you, you you can't criticize. But these guys, none of them seem to have an ego where they don't have the capability to sit down and critique themselves, critique others, and be critiqued by others. So I, I man, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited uh, about what maybe the future will hold. Steven says, did you guys see Fields talking about how boring it is in Green Bay? I saw that he had said some things about Green Bay and the city. Look, uh, 
I'll take Green Bay, first of all, any day over Chicago. Uh, I was watching uh, on Lang. I was just kind of scrolling last night. I was watching uh, all the gunfire going off in Chicago over the weekend. So I'm kind of like, okay, I'm glad I don't live in Chicago. Uh, I'm watching the mayor make excuses as to why it's okay to rob and loot. Uh, I was watching some of the Democratic leaders down there uh, talk about how, you know, well, it's the underprivileged and they're looting and robbing to feed their families. Uh, I watched the police saying that their hands are tied. So, and I watched people that are moving from there and have listened to people that have moved from the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois that have moved into this area that said they couldn't take it anymore. So, okay, you know, whatever. Uh, But I will take Green Bay any day of the week over Chicago. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of things that normally I would do this time of year that I don't do anymore. I don't go down and do any – I used to – I'm a mall walker. I love Christmas time. I love to walk a mall. I love to walk up and down Michigan Avenue and check out all the stores. And, yeah, it's kind of crazy and there's hustle and bustle. But, you know, I, I enjoyed that, and I won't go down there anymore. between the just overwhelming, and it's not that I'm an anti-pot guy because I'm not, but the fact that it's so strong, it gave me a headache walking the streets down there when we had to go down there for uh, the Packers-Bears game earlier this year. It was like, okay, that's not worth it. And then the fact that so many stores have closed because of being robbed and looted, I'm like, why go? Uh, Why would I want to put myself in that situation down there? The only time I'll go is for a Packers game, and I'm going down in February because my friends in the band 16 Candles are playing at the House of Blues. That's it. Otherwise, no, don't go to Chicago anymore. Don't even hang down there. So I'd much rather go to Green Bay. Much, much rather go and hang out in Green Bay. So so would, by the way, a lot of people that live in Chicago. People that live in Chicago right. leave every chance they get. Yeah. Um, yep. And part of that is just living in a city. Like, every once in a while, you need right. to get out of there because you live in the city for work. So I... I get it, but Illinois people love coming up to Wisconsin. Well, why yep. are they talking trash? Wisconsin's great. No, I've I've had three friends uh, within this last year that sold their homes in Illinois. One, which was really strange, and I, I don't want to get too far off the beaten path here, but one is one of the guys that sold his home, he lived up near the campus of Northwestern, and his home value actually went down because of all the crime that was creeping north into that area. The home value actually went down. Now, part of it is the economy, but he actually lost some money. And, but he chucked it all, sold his house, and bought a condo uh, out here near Brookfield. Uh, and two of the others, one bought his house down in Walworth County. Um, down, It's not in Lake Geneva. It's in uh, Fontana. Bought one in Fontana, and another guy moved to Racine. So, yeah, they're, they're moving, moving out. And, and, you know, it's like good riddance. And then you get here, and obviously the uh, the tax went up in Milwaukee a couple of percent. But, you know, they're paying for other things that they needed. And we've always been relatively behind when it comes to sales tax in the state of Wisconsin, uh, specifically Milwaukee, at, what was it, five and a half, I think, or something like that, when the rest of the world's at six or seven. So they're kind of catching up. But anyway, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds politically speaking, but nevertheless. I'll take uh, Green Bay any day over the week over Chicago. Damn straight. Damn straight. Um, Dave says, used to enjoy Chicago with the wife, and now and then, now it's a toilet. Don't feel safe. Miracle Mile stores are half vacant. That's no joke. Uh, Steven says, I worked at a homeless shelter here in Green Bay. 80% of the people coming to the homeless shelter are from Chicago. There you go. Uh, Mike says, California the same way for the first time in history. They've lost population. They've lost a lot. They have lost a lot in California. Even a lot of the movie stars are moving. Uh, I got a buddy of mine that lives in Wyoming, 
And they are, I don't know how this works, but they're giving land away to original settlers, people that have had, like, generations in Wyoming. They're giving land away for, like, pennies on the dollar to residents that have lived there a long time or had families that have been there a long time because they don't want the Californians moving in. I mean, they're literally telling them, we don't want you here. We don't want you here. We don't want you to bring your ideology here. You've screwed up the state of California so incredibly bad. We don't want any part of that. And in Texas, they'll flat out put something on your on your front lawn. It says, get out. You, you bought your house here. We don't want you here. Get out. Which it's like, wow. I mean, it's we don't have that here in Wisconsin, but it's pretty strong when you get out to, to the western portion of the country. They don't want the people from California infiltrating other states and doing to those states what they've done to that craptastic uh, state. Oof. I'm not even uh, – we – if you've never been to Super Bowl in uh, in San Francisco, what you have to understand is that Santa Clara, where Levi Stadium is, is actually pretty far south. It's about an hour, hour and a half south of San Francisco. But when the Super Bowl is in San Francisco, the convention center is where the NFL holds the um, you know radio row and the NFL experience and everything. So nothing goes on at the stadium. Most of it, you know, for the teams, it's in Santa Clara. But the, the, the bottom line is, my point being, I'm not even looking forward to going back to San Francisco. It was crazy stupid when we went there and covered the Super Bowl about 10 years ago. I mean, crazy stupid. Uh, and I told the story earlier today, we had to stay in Sonoma, California, which was an hour north, for a decent rate just to be able to afford to go. It was beyond stupid to go to San Francisco. And, but, I mean, it's what we do and where we got to go. I, that's the one trip that I just don't look forward to. That in L.A., both of those places, not, not a fan at all. Not a fan at all. It was When we were out there for the Super Bowl a couple years ago out in L.A., I was stunned, stunned. I mean, don't get me wrong. We had a great time. We went to the observatory. We went over to the Walk of Fame. And, you know, we had, uh, you know, a couple of people that we knew out there. We went to dinner in Beverly Hills. We got to really do some cool things. Uh, and we did get to go to the Santa Monica Pier. You know, we went over there for a little while. Uh, but I was stunned at the amount of homeless people and how they just have taken over streets to where they've closed the streets down because the homeless are just living in the streets in encampments. I, I just, it was, wow, it was unbelievable. So anyway, but that's <laughs> it's a little bit of a, of a Super Bowl history, I guess, from my own personal perspective. Uh, 877-867-1670. Have you been out and traveled much lately, Grant? Um, I've been to California twice. I went yeah. to Los Angeles right before the pandemic with some buddies just to tool around. Uh, been right. to San Diego. Never been to San Francisco. I guess it's it's never really. Rachel's A lot of Rachel's family lives in San Diego, so that's why we went there. San Diego's beautiful. It is. It, it was I, great. I love San Diego. Um, and her, her grandparents live in like Escondido, and it's up in the hills. They got fruit trees in their yard. Like it was it was yeah. great. It was not the big city um, downtown feel that, that L.A. had or Santa Monica, so that was a fun difference. And I go to Montana every year to fly fish, and that's about it. And the Montana yeah. people, you are not wrong. Uh, they, they do not want Same the California thing. people coming yep. up there. No interest. They don't want them. They, they just, they, and they are not like quiet about it. They are very outspoken. If you are from California, you're looking for a house here. You are not welcome here. We don't want you here. Get out. You, you are, you have screwed that state up so incredibly bad. We don't want you around at 100%, 100%. Um, 
Now, here, here's the other side of the coin. Where we live, I love. People love coming here. I've got friends from California that come here. I've got friends from Texas that come here. I've got friends from Ohio that come here. I've got friends from the East Coast that come here. They love Wisconsin. I mean, love it. They love to come and play golf. They can't believe the quality of golf in the state of Wisconsin, that it's this good. Um, they, they love coming to Green Bay, obviously, and going to Lambeau Field. They, they are always in awe when they go to American Family Field for a ball game. We did it a couple of times this year. They just can't believe people tailgate before a baseball game. They're, they're just like, this is, they dig home telling their friends, like, this is incredible. These people tailgate. Now, it's a different level of tailgating. Like when you go to Boston, you go to New York, because you're walking through the neighborhoods, you're going to the bars and restaurants. So in essence, you're tailgating, you're doing the bars, you're doing the restaurants, you're drinking, you're eating, you're just doing it in the bars and restaurants as opposed to making it on the, the tailgate side of things. But they just, they come up here and they're just in awe. They're, they're just like, I can't believe this. This is so cool. And then we get friends that come into town that uh, come up from Arizona that go to Tomahawk with us. And they just can't believe the beauty of the Northwoods. Just, they're, they're just blown away by it. Blown away by it. So, anyway. Uh, 877-867-1670. That is the little dissertation on the state, great state of Wisconsin versus other states surrounding. So, let's do this. We'll step away, take a quick break. We'll come back. Got a lot more to get to. Bottom of the hour, we're going to talk with Brad Biggs of the Chicago Tribune. We'll get the lowdown on Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael Show, we continue on. Want to remind you that our friends at Kawika Trip taking us to Vegas as well. One of our fine sponsors. Looking forward to it. I wish we could take the uh, the Glazers with us. I'll tell you that right now. That'd make for a nice morning get up. Those breakfast sandwiches. Hell yeah. Uh, but don't forget, if you're going to go into Quick Trip, you've got the Nature's Touch gallon of milk. $2.99 right now. Skim, 1%, 2%. Made right there in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Uh, went over to Quick Trip last night and uh, ended up picking up a, a gallon of milk, as a matter of fact, because I was out and uh, picked up a couple other things while I was there. Grabbed a few things. And there's always, you know, a few things up front that you pick up. You look around, you're like, ooh, I could use that. Ooh. They have those protein snack packs that are just awesome. Love those things too. But our, our friends at Quick Trip, don't forget, uh, $2.99. For the Nature's Touch milk right there on sale at Quick Trip. And don't forget, so many different things on your Quick Rewards card. Just type in your number, and it'll start adding up. The visits will start adding up. You can get so, so many different bonuses. Uh, they're giving away the opportunity to win that uh, pickup truck uh, that's wrapping up now from uh, Quick Trip and the Green Bay Packers. But they always have something else going on. They've got snowmobiles to give away. And come summertime, they were giving away pontoon boats and jet skis. And, I mean, you know, so many different things that Quick Trip has. And we went through the numbers yesterday about how many people were served, how many glazers they served, how many cups of coffee they served, how many stores they opened. I mean, they continue to grow, and they're based right here in the state of Wisconsin. That's our friends at Quick Trip. Brad Biggs from the Chicago Tribune coming up here. Bottom of the hour, we're going to talk with him. Um, This one's from Mark. Mark says, uh, hey, Bill, what happens if the Packers lose this game? And we were talking about that earlier with uh, our guy that listens to us out in Arizona. 
Uh, what is the sentimentality going to be on Monday? I. It depends on how you lose it, I guess. You know, do you get beat in a hard-fought game? Does the offense not play well? Or is there turnovers? Is does you know Joe, Joe Barry's defense get dump trucked? You know, I mean, it depends on how they would lose that game. I guess that might be the 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 question. I that's why when you ask for definitive answers before something has happened, I've always said, look at the eyeball test. You and I'll know. We can look at it and go, okay, here's the problems. Is it the scheme? Is it the aggressiveness? Is it the lack of aggressiveness? Is it turnovers? You know, if if a guy just coughs the football up. Once or twice, well, you know, that's that's tough to overcome. But that's not scheme. That's not coaching. That's just a guy that got hit at the right place at the right time or, you know, the ball was a little high, tipped off his hands or something. I mean, whatever. I mean, you can understand that. But if they get dump trucked because they can't contain Justin Fields and we see again Rashawn Gary crashing the edge and not setting it and suddenly guys are getting around the outside and scampering for 20 and 30 yards, you know, just – I mean, there's so many different things that you can look at. I mean, is it, you know, they don't have a spy on Justin Fields. He, you know, they're getting gashed up the gut. Or maybe the secondary just isn't covering. And suddenly, you know, Justin Fields looks like, again, Johnny Unitas, like we saw with DeVito, like we saw with uh, Baker Mayfield, like we saw with Bryce Young. And he just goes off and has one of his biggest games of the year. He throws for 350 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, runs for a touchdown on his own, and the Packers get beat 28-24, I mean, you know. Whatever. I mean, the, the eyeball test will tell you where the vitriol will come from. And that, that, that I hope doesn't happen on Monday. You know, <laughs> one thing that Joe Barry has to do this week in film study and in meetings is hammer into the head of Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith and Lucas Van Ness. You guys got to hold the edge. Yep. We, we could have a great game. All these edge rushers could have a great game and get zero sacks, right? Yep. I, I think back to when the Packers would actually have good games against Adrian Peterson, and it was few and far between because Adrian Peterson used to eat him up. Remember when Clay Matthews, Mm -hmm. his best games, he would just hold position and he would turn AP back to the inside. If Rashawn Gary's kind of struggling with his knee and he's not feeling great, fine. He can still have a great game. He's just got to be positioned correctly, and he really struggles with that. No, I agree Um, 100%. if If I am Joe Barry... I am. I completely agree with you. I am emphasizing the fact that you have got to set the edge, got to, uh, because if you don't, you're just you're screwed, completely screwed. Um, yeah, I that's I 100% agree, because if you allow Justin Fields to get outside, create with his feet, and use his arm and give him extra time to get guys open, because you can only hang with a guy for you know on average three seconds, four seconds at at best. Um, unless, of course, you're in a zone and you're just watching guys run around behind you. But, yeah, you're going to allow him the opportunity to make plays with his legs, and that's you just can't handle it. Now, he's not the most accurate of passer, but, yeah, it's uh, there's no way you can allow that. Well, and Justin 100%. Fields, historically, and maybe Brad Biggs can speak to this. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't think I am. He doesn't want to sit in the pocket for four, five, six seconds. He normally progresses through his reads pretty quick and then looks to move and looks to move on to the second half of the play. So if the Packers can hold up coverage for a couple of seconds and just keep in the pocket, I think they'll be successful. I don't know that they need to hold coverage for seconds and seconds and seconds on end because right. that's not really how Fields plays. Right. No, I agree. I agree. I, uh, I, I, I feel – here's weird. Here's what's weird. 
Last night you and I made our picks. I feel confident about this game. But it's like as I get, as I slept on it last night and I woke up and was talking about it today and I've been moving forward, are you starting to get like a trepidation about it? Are you starting to feel like, you know, like that, that, that knot in your stomach? I would describe my uh, feeling about this Bears game. I am 10 out of 10 excited and jacked up, and I'm 10 out of 10 worried that the Bears are going to beat us. <laughs> Both are true, right? I, like, I think the Packers got everything going for them right now, but I also think the Bears are playing really good football, and they are going to be really, really motivated. And Jordan Love's right. had a couple weeks of, of really crisp play now, and who's to say he doesn't throw one or two up in the first half, and the game gets muddy a little bit. So 10 out of 10 worried, 10 out of 10 excited. Both things are happening right. at once. I, yeah, I'm the same. I'm... I, I'll wake up on Sunday and and I'll get into Lambeau Field. I'll do my regular video and social stuff, and then I'll kind of you know tell you how I specifically feel. But as this beginning of the week, I'm like Packers got this. The way they played against Minnesota, the way they've kind of looked going into this thing, offensively looking better, guys talking about it. They were able to put away all the distractions from last week and Jair and such, and the Devondre Campbell stuff and all that stuff. They were able to tuck it away and they were able to come out and play an extremely aggressive game, and I loved it. And so Monday, I felt really good. Tuesday, and I went, we went on the air. I'm confident. Yesterday, I started to think about it a little bit, and I'm listening to Chicago radio, and kind of like, wow, they're really gunning for the Green Bay Packers. They really, boy, they want to be the spoiler in this. That is their Super Bowl. And I'm kind of getting a little nervous. Made our picks last night, feeling confident about it. Woke up today, was talking more about it, and it's like the more I discuss it, <laughs> the more I talk myself out of a, a guarantee of a Packers win. I just be just and again going back to the fact, and I was watching uh, Good Morning Football today. They're going, they're all, they're, they're all raving about Jordan Love and that he is solidifying himself as definitely the next, the next guy, and that the Packers can feel comfortable giving him the contract and this and that, and then they do the. But he's got to prove it this weekend. He's done, and then they start going through the record. They look at the first week against the Bears, the second week against Atlanta. Then they come home, and then they face New Orleans, and he played terribly for three and a half quarters. And then they brought him back, and they get a win terribly after that. And then they go on the four-game stretch where they look bad. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, it has been the ebb and flow season. And then they come back, and he starts to play better against Pittsburgh, better against the Chargers better against uh, Detroit and Kansas City. And then when you go into New York where you should win, terrible. You know, they started to lay the egg. The defense was bad. Same thing coming home against Baker Mayfield and company. They go down and get a win against Bryce Young, but they just barely hold on and time runs out. And you don't know what the hell to expect. And then all of a sudden you get a dominating performance in Minnesota, a place that's traditionally very difficult to play. So, and then you're coming back home going, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but I, I picked him to win. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. When we come back, speaking of the Bears, let's talk about the Bears, and we'll get the Bears side of things. Brad Biggs is going to be joining us. Biggsy works for the Chicago Tribune, been reading his stuff and listening to him for years and years and years and years, and he's a, he's a good dude. So we'll uh, talk with Brad Biggs coming up after the break. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Big Boar Barbecue. They're out there in West Salem, out in the lacrosse area. Family-owned, three brothers own it now, and they're doing great with it. They kept all the quality, enhanced it. They're energized. They're ready to go. Lunches, dinners, catering, you name it. 
They've got you covered. That's BigBoarBBQ.com. BigBoarBBQ.com right there in West Salem. Everybody out in that area knows where it's at, for gosh sakes. And uh, whether it's the dry rub, the saucy up type of uh, sauces that they have out there, the mac and cheese, the coleslaw, the pulled pork, everything, just so good. So good. That's Big Boar Barbecue out there in West Salem. Tell them we sent you. More of the Bill Michaels Show. Brad Biggs from the Chicago Trip. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show we continue on big weekend up at uh, Lambeau Field in Green Bay. Packers trying to get themselves into the postseason under Jordan Love. In the meantime, uh, the team that's won five of their last seven, four of their last five, the Chicago Bears, after starting off so dismally, have uh, really kind of turned it on, and it's been uh, led most for the most part by their quarterback. That is Justin Fields. To talk more about it, our guy from down in Chicago covering the Bears, Chicago Tribune, longtime uh, friend and contributor, Brad Biggs, now joining us on the hotline. Biggsy, how you been, buddy? Good. Happy New Year, Bill. How are you? You too. Uh, We're doing well. I mean, you know, obviously uh, things are exciting in Green Bay. I'm sure uh, you guys have had a lot of talk down there about what to do with the first round uh, draft choice, the first overall pick in the draft. But Let's start with uh, what turned this season around for the Chicago Bears in terms of wins and losses. What have they done so well down the stretch here? Well, they've been a lot better on defense, Bill, a, a whole lot better. Yeah. And, and the defense the defense was a mess in that week one game against Green Bay at Soldier Field. Uh, recall the Packers hit four or five big plays where guys are running you know, almost uncovered. It looked like the Bears had just a series of communication errors in that game and um, so, sort of looked like what what you see occasionally in preseason, right? And it happens in the regular season and a, a 10 to 6 game at halftime quickly turned into a runaway uh, for the Packers and, and the Bears uh, were not getting pressure on the quarterback through the first half of the season. They were not generating uh, takeaways on defense and, and then uh, a year after making a really poor decision in trading a second-round pick for wide receiver Chase Claypool, the general manager here, Ryan Poles, got aggressive, traded another second-round draft pick for Montez Sweat, and that's turned into a home run. And, a, and it was a move that was criticized by some around the league at the time because the Bears not only gave up the draft capital – it's going to be a good second-round pick that Washington gets in return. But then to make sure they it wasn't a rental, they had to pay him a premium, $24 million, uh, $24.5 million a year on a four-year contract. So it's a $98 million extension for Montez Sweat. And they might be getting more from him than they ever could have expected. He leads the team with six sacks. They've got 18 takeaways in their last seven games. They have played really good run defense all season. And so it looks like a totally different uh, group. They've got an NFL high 22 interceptions, and and that comes with the quarterback being uncomfortable, the quarterback not having as much time, uh, the quarterback having his throwing window uh, altered. 
So add all that together, and I think it's been the defense, and, and then Justin Fields misses four games with a thumb injury, comes back, and he's played better and added up, and they've been on a bit of a run. Now, the schedule hasn't been daunting, but, hey, they don't they don't get to pick the opponent each week. you got to play uh, who they put out there. The Falcons brought in a top-10 scoring defense a week ago to Soldier Field, and the Bears – uh, just blew them out and put up 37 on Atlanta. Now, I've been listening to uh, Chicago Radio this week, and this is kind of their Super Bowl. I mean, this is they want to do what Detroit did to Green Bay last year, and that is not allow them to make it to the postseason and to get the win at Lambeau Field. I mean, uh, I don't want to say this is their Super Bowl, but do you kind of get that sense that this is the emphatic statement going out of 2023 if they can get this win? Yeah, I think you know it's a really young roster here. It's it's not quite as young as the Packers, but this is one of the younger teams in the league, and so I think it, it's going to be a meaningful game for a team that the only thing this game is really going to determine is is draft positioning for the Bears with their own pick. They own the Panthers number one. They know they're on the clock already for the draft, but I so I think it's going to be a motivated group that goes up there. You're not. Guys aren't necessarily going to be looking to uh, what time is the uh, is the mover coming to to pick up my car and take me to my right. off season spot or anything like that. You know they're going to be dialed in and and they need it. I mean they've had their teeth kicked in by the Packers over and over and over again. Green Bay's won 14 of the last 15 games, uh, but a Bears team that couldn't win a division game for the longest times now two and three in the NFC North. Uh, chance to get to 500 and so I, I think it would be you know just a, a nice end of the season for them if they can get a win and I know internally here the players the coaches they're not talking about keeping the Packers um, out of the playoffs to them it's a, it's about going out and and putting together uh, another good game and, and trying to end the season with with five wins and and six games to ownership, to the fan base here. I think there'd be a level of excitement to, to keep green Bay home uh, in the rest of uh, January, but, but players and coaches, I, I, you know, they got to worry about their own business. I want to ask you about Eberflus because uh, the beginning of the season, he was all but gone. And then you had the disintegration of the coaching staff and, you know, a lot of questions and certainly legal things were starting to circle around. And then all of a sudden they started winning and all of that has kind of gone away. Is Eberflus's job safe regardless of what happens on Sunday? Or is he, uh, they could be looking over the fence to uh, Harbaugh or another head coach? I, I think he'll be back next year. Uh, the Bears have only had, since the mid-50s, there's only been one head coach in team history that um, has lasted only two years. That was Mark Trestman. And you, you saw that thing kind of unraveling um, at the midpoint of his second year. It's been the opposite here. Uh, Iberflus has been able to galvanize things. They've seen improvement. The defense has taken a huge step forward um, with with him calling the plays. Like Alan Williams leaves, Iberflus takes over the defense. He's he's wearing two hats. He's the head coach. He's the defensive play caller, and um, I think that momentum has got him on secure ground. When you look forward to 2024, I do not anticipate a coaching change in that uh, position for the Bears. 
Uh, I want to ask you about the number one overall pick. Uh, now, all nationally, all they talk about is should the Bears trade away Justin Fields and do they go after Caleb Williams? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, that's, I mean, <laughs> that's going to dominate uh, the offseason. I mean, that that is the story starting, what, Monday morning, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, 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 it's a bigger story right now than the game for the for, for the Bears, really. You think about it. Yeah. And uh, typically, teams that have the number one overall pick earned it with a blunderous season and a really bad roster. And the Bears did that a year ago, right? They had the number mm-hmm. one pick a year ago. They make the trade with Carolina. They make some improvements. Now they're in a position where if – if they go the quarterback route in the draft, you're going to be adding the top quarterback in the draft to a roster that's better positioned than most teams taking a quarterback at the top of the draft, right? You think think about situations that all those highly drafted quarterbacks over the last 10, 20 years have walked into, and, and it's it's tough for them to succeed because – they earned the top pick because they were bad at quarterback and bad almost everywhere else. Well, the, the Bears feel like they've got some momentum, so it's it's a huge decision. There's a ton that's going to go into it. Uh, Fields has played better. No one uh, is disputing that. I think they've got to make a determination. Is is this the guy that can ultimately take us to where we want to go, or is is that player available in in the draft like because if they if they keep fields you you, they've got the top pick of a non-quarterback or they've got a trade down opportunity to add a bunch of draft capital similar to what they did with the panthers last year their own first round pick will fall between number eight or number 13 overall depending on the outcome of the Bears game and, and several other games around the league. So you're talking about having uh, uh, an opportunity to really uh, enhance uh, the roster. So it, it's going to be fascinating. They've got to you know, firm up the coaching situation. Okay, Eberflus is back. What are you going to do staff-wise? And then it's all pointing to the draft. What are you going to do at quarterback? Uh, and, and how is this operation going to look in 24? Do you, and I don't know if you've even looked into this too deeply, I, I, I think Caleb Williams has a ton of talent. I just don't know if he's got the head to be able to, to, to do it. I mean, in a lot of situations, we've seen him under pressure, and he has failed more often than he has succeeded in the college ranks. I, I don't know if he's going to translate into a really good, top-notch NFL quarterback. I like Michael Penix Jr. a little bit better, actually. Do you think that Caleb Williams is the guy that they want? if indeed they decide to go in that direction, or are you not a fan or a fan of Caleb Williams? I think it's, I, I think it's way too premature for them to say, we're on this guy and, and here's how we stack him up. Like there's a right. long way to go to kind of work your way through that. Uh, there's a, there's some uh, stuff to unpack in terms of Caleb Williams after this last season at USC, they've got to, um, they got to look into all that, and and Washington's going to look into that. New England, and you know, mm-hmm. just make your list of uh, every quarterback needy franchise in the league, and there's a bunch of them. Everybody's got to do their homework on that and and kind of figure it out. Uh, I I would say one thing about Williams though, 
like that USC roster, and I'm just talking about on the field this past year, that USC roster wasn't very good. And he had Jordan Addison a year ago and kind of some other guys to throw the ball to. He really didn't have the talent around him this year. The line was a mess. I think the Caleb Williams 2023 season would have been dramatically different if he had, say, the uh, skill position talent that Michael Penix is surrounded by uh, for that Washington Huskies team that will play on Monday night in the national championship game. So that's probably a factor for for some of the uh, on-field stuff for him uh, this past season. Uh, you got him. You've got uh, Jaden Daniels. You've got Drake May. There's, you know, a whole bunch of them. And all the, all those teams are going to be doing an extraordinary uh, amount of work to uh, figure out how, they, how exactly they want to stack them up on their board. Real quick, before I let you go, uh, now you look, uh, speaking of quarterbacks, tell me what you think of Jordan Love and what he's done. Obviously, the beginning of the season, he looked really well. He's had his kind of ebbs and flows throughout and seemingly has really kind of come on here as of late. NFC Offensive Player of the Week, obviously, this past week. Give me your thoughts on uh, what the Packers have done with Jordan Love. Yeah, I think it's been really impressive because Jordan Love's been put in a situation where uh, he's got so many young guys around him. Look at that skill position talent, and there's some guys that you you think, hey, the, these guys could blossom and develop into some pretty good players, but super young. And, and that had to be – at the beginning of the season, you're looking at it and saying, okay, well, what kind of chance is this guy going to have throwing to all these dudes that have either never played in the NFL or haven't played – in the league a whole lot and and that was a challenging spot for him to be in so for him to uh, perform with uh, the numbers that he's put up so far this season and understanding that there was about a, what a three you'd know better than me maybe a three game stretch in the middle of the year there uh Steelers game I think was kind of messy and ugly but yeah where, where he wasn't great uh but I think they've got to be really energized and uh you would wonder if um, you know that will be a focus for Brian Gutekunst and his staff in the off season to you know continue to to build up that talent uh, around him because they're still going to be so young uh, at the start of next year. But you know that that's arrow pointing up. I always say, Bill, you know when you look at the division, especially you know, preseason and stuff like that, and you're trying to figure out, okay, well, how are these teams going to finish? Like, what's it going to look like at the end of the year? One of the exercises that I think is always instructive is, okay, who are the four quarterbacks? Like, what's it look like? And the Packers, for the longest time, were going to be in the running to be tops in the division because they had Rodgers or they had Favre. And so the way Love's performed, I think, will have the Packers in the mix. Is it the only – piece of the puzzle and the equation absolutely not uh and that's why it's such a critical off season for the bears they've got to figure out the quarterback position and which direction they want to go brad always great to talk to you man wealth of knowledge always appreciated and we will see you at lambeau field come sunday okay have a great day my friend all right buddy talk to you soon there you go brad biggs of the chicago tribune long time reporter and coverage for uh, the chicago bears and always a wealth of knowledge man he's just 
He's awesome stuff. Just love having him on the program. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Don't forget Andy Herman, the Pack-A-Day podcast, coming up after the top of the hour as well. Stay right where you're at. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. to have you hey if you uh this time of year you gotta start watching out i know we had some icy roads last week and this past weekend a little bit especially on new year's and hopefully you're okay your vehicle's okay but if you have damage of any kind our friends at one collision county line one collision county line they're in menominee falls uh they did a, a fantastic job on my vehicle uh as for those watching on the live stream that's my car and uh, the whole uh the passenger side rear quarter the passenger side door the rear bumper all was kind of scraped up it wasn't like smashed and caved in but it was pretty scraped up and uh, somebody had hit me and i took it to one collision and they did an amazing amazing job and want to say thanks to them and jim and his staff they do a great job but the best part about it was they texted me all the time uh when it went into paint when it was in body work when it had the extra day to dry and cure, the extra day for detail, whatever it happened to be, they were always texting me. It was always an update as to the progress on my vehicle. And that's I loved it. So I knew exactly when it was going to be done. They said, hey, by tomorrow at 3 o'clock, you should be able to come and pick your car up, blah, blah, blah. And they tracked parts, the whole thing. It was right there on my phone. It was awesome. It was a great experience. One collision, County Line, Menominee Falls, that's the place to go. Give them a call. They accept all insurances as well. And they're a pro shop for many insurance companies also. Call them 262-251-1700, 262-251-1700. Again, 262-251-1700. That is one collision county line in Menominee Falls, and uh, I, I, would, I would definitely go back over and over and over again. Oh, well, I don't do, but I, I don't have to, but I would definitely go back. Coming up here in a couple of minutes, stick around. We're going to have Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day podcast going to be joining us coming up here in just a few, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we got a lot more. We're going to hear from uh, Jordan Love coming up in this next hour as well. So you're going to hear that conversation. Also, Jair Alexander spoke yesterday to the media, and you're going to hear that coming up a little bit later. So we got a lot to get to. Don't go anywhere. Stay right where you're at. Got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after the top of the hour. Stay tuned.